Hi, I'm Denise Bailey. And I'm Dr. Monica Parker. And you're listening to My Parents Are Now My Kids, a medical doctor's view and daughter's journey through memory loss and other dementias. As a doctor, I'll help you navigate through the often confusing, confounding, and frustrating aspects of dementia. And as a daughter, I'll share with you some things I've experienced caring for and loving my parents who both struggled with these disorders. We want you to have hope and to see that there is light at the end of this tunnel. And we'll tell you that sometimes that light is coming straight at you and you just have to get out of the way. Let's get started. Hi, Dr. Monica. Hi, Denise. We are back. Um, the last time we talked, we talked about early signs and uh, what I observed with my dad and uh, what I did. So what did you do? Well, I brought him to live with me and um, I wanted to figure out what was going on, you know, why uh, I saw these strange things happening, things he would forget not answering phone calls, and so forth and so on. So I decided that I, he needed some doctors in town, and um, I tried to find good ones for him, which led me to you. How sweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As I mentioned before, you're awesome. So um, we lucked up and got the best with you. But, you know, a lot of people are trying to figure out how to do that. How do they do that? Well, I appreciate the compliment, but I think that one of the reasons you ended up with us uh, is that we were located in a geriatric medical center, a geriatric medical center where they specialize in the care of older adults. That doesn't mean that everybody who has these kinds of changes needs to see a geriatric person. It's just that you live in Atlanta and... Atlanta is a center for health care, you know, large um, medical, large cities where there's like a medical center is likely to have a specialty clinic for older patients. Um, and so that's one of the reasons that you got to us. But so what's involved in that kind of um, evaluation? What is it that a geriatric doctor at that geriatric center did that maybe some other doctor in the city might not have done? So when we came to you, you know, as a layman, I didn't know what I needed to ask. I didn't know what I needed to look for. I just knew that you came highly recommended. And um, here I, you know, plopped my dad in front of you and said, this is what I've been seeing. What are some of the questions, you know, that people well, need to ask? And and I think it's not even so much so much questions that you need to ask, but in order for the doctor to help you, and I'm a primary care doctor, you need to tell the doctor what you're seeing and how that has affected you or affected him or that kind of thing. You can't just expect the doctor to figure it out without you telling them things. So one of the things that we probably talked about was what was your father doing that made you concerned? A doctor, first of all, is going to look at what medicines they're taking you know what is your medical history this is all a part of it I know this part sounds a little clinical but this is very important 
in our line of work, we have a lot of older patients who may be seeing more than one doctor. And so they're taking a lot of medicine. Sometimes they're taking two of the same type of medicine, but haven't really communicated with their doctors that they're seeing different doctors. So you have patients who come in taking lots and lots of medicine. So my question, can you be that central doctor that sort of harnesses all of the different specialists, whether there's a cardiologist or a rheumatologist or an oncologist or whatever, yeah. all the ologists. So Can you one do of that? The, one of the first things that a good um, primary care clinician will do for an older adult is to look at his or her medications to see what's going on. We like to say in healthcare that your primary care provider or your PCP is your quarterback and can kind of like integrate what needs to be integrated and fill out kind of fill in the blanks, but your PCP can't be a good PCP if they don't have all the information. So one of the first things that we do in medicine is we look at all of their medications and different medicines react differently in older adults. They have a longer half-life. They last longer in their system. And so there's some medicines that we shouldn't take. So if some of the medicines we're taking may make us a little confused, like taking Benadryl, for example. It's a medicine that we don't really like older adults to take because it has side effects. And some of those side effects are things that can result in confusion. Um, In an older adult man, one of the things that can happen is they with they're not able to urinate and that benadryl aggravates that so if you you've got you're not able to void you know that can create a problem so a medical doctor is going to look at all of your medicines try to make sure that you're on the right medicines for the right reason they're going to try to make sure that all of those illnesses or diagnoses that you're being treated for are being properly addressed Then once we get that done, there are other studies that we may do. So part of the evaluation of somebody who has a brain dysfunction is to make sure that they don't have, okay, we used to say tumors, you get a CT scan. But in older adults, it's probably more important to look for what is their risk for strokes. A lot of people, 30% of the people who have... um, 30% of the people who have strokes don't know that they've had them. So we might get a brain image, an MRI, to look to make sure that we haven't had a brain image. So we're looking at their medical profile. We're making sure that all of their medical illnesses are in line and where they're supposed to be. We're looking at their brain to make sure that they have not had a stroke because 60% of all people who've had a stroke do develop some dysfunction. They do develop some memory loss and other stuff. Um, So... They could have, like, I've heard about many strokes and things like that that could occur and that could affect their memory. Yeah. A lot of people think that mini strokes or transient ischemic attacks, TIAs, are things that are reversible. Say that again. Say that again. A TIA. You probably heard that. It's called a transient ischemic attack, a TIA. It's kind of like a little um, hiccup. It's sort of like you black out for a minute and then Mm -hmm. you pop right back into where you were. But seizures, um, TIAs, uh, strokes... All of those things can have an effect on how your brain works. And so when you see your primary care doctor, that person has to discern what else needs to be looked at. So So obviously the best thing to do is to get all of that under control as best as you can to sort of rule out 
the physical aspects exactly. that could be affecting the brain. Exactly. You've got to make sure that you're doing the right things. Um, and one thing that a lot of older adults do, they don't think there's anything wrong with it, but a lot of people don't think there's anything wrong with having a cocktail with dinner, but they may take that cocktail. I'm talking about the hard liquor type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they may drink two or three drinks and take their medicines, and that may be interacting badly. Or maybe they're taking some kind of herbal medicine that doesn't react well with the prescribed medicines. Now, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, um, a lot of people want to do this holistic sort of approach to things. And you have to know that, you know, even though it's over the counter, you can go to a health food store and you can listen to the folks there. But some of the things you get there can adversely affect some right. of the things your doctor's prescribing. So a good example of that is a lot of older um, people may have something called atrial fibrillation, like an irregular heartbeat, and they're taking a blood thinner. Now, a blood thinner can be something like an aspirin, but it can also be something called Coumadin or Plavix or Xarelto, any of those sorts of things. And those medications have their own side effect profile, but if you add to them something... You're not supposed to have a lot of green vegetables because that promotes clotting. But if you're taking a lot of green, eating a lot of green vegetables and eating some supplement that's supposed to do what green vegetables do, you're counteracting the effect of that blood thinner in terms of preventing your stroke. So you don't want to do that. So what if somebody says, I just want to eat my green vegetables, clot my blood and not take my medicine? What do you tell them? Say a prayer. (laughs) Um, I think that um, a lot of people don't realize that some of those so-called herbal things aren't necessarily good for you. But more importantly, there's not really any regulation to what's in those different products. So a product here that's labeled herbal greens may contain one thing in Georgia and another thing someplace else. Really? So you, well, there's, there's no regulation on herbal products. You don't really know what's in them is the point. Mm. Most medications, prescribed medications that are sold in the country have, you know, what's in them. They can't market them without letting you know what's in them. A lot of the herbal products, the so-called natural products aren't that way. But my other corollary to that is that a lot of people who want to do things the holistic way, if your doctor tells you you need high blood pressure medicine or you need medicine to control your diabetes, I want to do it natural, I don't want to take medicine, no, you don't have that option anymore. If you have to have a medicine to bring your blood pressure down or you have to have a medicine to help control your diabetes, you have to take that medicine until you can get to the point where you can do it naturally, if you will. And there are some uh, natural things that you can't take, but you must run it past your doctor. You've got to let your doctor know everything, even if it's the smallest multivitamin or something. Right. Because uh, as we've discussed a little earlier, a lot of these things may be interacting badly and causing some of the things, the confusion and some of the things that you're noticing that are making your relatives behave differently such that maybe things are a little off kilter and maybe you think they have dementia, but maybe they don't have dementia. Maybe they're having a reaction to the sleeping pill that they're taking. So is there something else that the doctor should be looking for? Well, 
as we pointed out, we were looking at your medications, we're looking at your um, chronic illnesses and making sure you're on the right medicines. But there are other things like maybe an underlying urinary tract infection or a pneumonia or something can be causing what we call delirium. Can I say something? Because you mentioned a urinary tract infection or UTI. And with the experience with my dad, I found out from you that UTIs are far more, um, I guess, dangerous in an older person or it has a greater effect than someone our age. Why is that? Partly because most of the time, uh, most women, when they're younger, they know they have a urinary tract infection. Um, They have some pain, they run to the doctor, and they get it treated. A lot of older adults may not recognize that pain, may not even feel that pain. But their response to it is to not drink or not eat, and so they subsequently get dehydrated, and then they get more complications as a result of that untreated infection. And again, delirium is a medical emergency. We call it a medical emergency. And people in that state can get very confused. So an infection can cause delirium. Medication interactions can cause delirium. Um, so, being if dehydrated. so if your loved one is acting out, acting differently, a little delirious, it could be a UTI. And Exactly. And we can fix that. Okay, so a delirium is something that we can fix once we address it. And once you address it, people generally come back to normal, but sometimes they don't. And then you have to start looking at other things. So a urinary tract infection, taking too much water pill for your blood pressure can dehydrate you and cause you to become delirious, can aggravate your diabetes if you've got diabetes. Uncontrolled diabetes, sugars too high, sugars too low can create a delirium. And a medicate that can be addressed. We can fix that. So you have to keep all of this in order. And all of this is sort of intertwined to, you know, obviously keep the patient well and to, you know, sort of control memory. Okay. Okay. Those are all people that need to help you sort these things out. I mean, I, th- I think that my job as a clinician is to help you figure out whether we've got something that can be fixed or not fixed. But while we're working on this part here, there are other pieces that need to be put in place, too. So I think I get it. I mean, you've got to, first of all, find that right doctor that is there to look at your loved one's body, the whole body. And all of that works together to keep the mind functioning as well as possible. And then you have to have, you know, others, a social worker, a minister, family, friend, someone you trust to sort of corral all of the information and make sure that um, the right care is happening for your loved one. So I, I think I'm sensing a theme here. It looks like it takes a village for absolutely everything. Yes. 